Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice, Dice in, in My Mind. You um, had a discussion and, and recently a, a reach out to someone who we're going to talk with today mm-hmm. um, who has another unique background. Yeah, um, very. And ironically, our second, if I recall, our second overseas interview. I, I think, think our that's first right. one was Chris Birch when he joined us from mm-hmm. Olympias. Yeah, we have a thing for London, apparently. Yeah, we do. So we're going to have, um, and I'll let you introduce, but, but what's funny was when you had reached out to see if, if this person would join, I started doing some research and listening. There's a lot of material mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll give a little bit away, then I'm gonna let you do this. But the intersection of science yes. and gaming yes, and all of that, to me, when you found this one, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fascinating. And yeah. this is a, this is a shorter one. And it's, and, mm-hmm. and only reason so is we wanted to be very cognizant because they are six hours ahead of us. Yeah. I mean, she'd had a, a long day at the office and, and, or I guess at the home office and then mm-hmm. was taking the time, you know, out of her evening uh, at the end of the workday to chat with us. And, and we just, we kept it organic and we, yeah, we wanted to, we wanted to be respectful. So we, we had the, the pleasure uh, as you will all hear in a few minutes, of speaking with Shamini Bundell. Uh, so Shamini came up on our Twitter feed. Now, many of you, uh, maybe at this point, all six of you who listen to us regularly, uh, you uh, see, because we're growing, right? Yeah. We're making it big. Um, but seriously, you know, most of you out there in, in the audience undoubtedly know we have a, a growing, albeit small presence on Twitter. Uh, that that that's been really useful to us, and it's also helped us to really become more and more endeared to the RPG TTRPG universe because there's such a community out there. There really is between the people in, in involved with RPGs and those who are we've we've been saying RPG adjacent because they're creatives in similar sort of ways. You've heard us say this. You're going to hear us saying this for a long time. It's it's just we, we all have a lovely community, don't we? Well. Uh, occasionally these posts or threads from this shamany person would come up on feeds we were following. And I was like, oh, this looks, this looks pretty geeky. This looks good. Um, And I didn't think a whole lot of it until uh, I saw her post something about science and RPGs, like you said, Brad. And then of course, you know, I mean, I'm a scientist and I play RPGs that that's great. But it became readily apparent that here was a person who somehow had managed to actually integrate those two things. And, and then when, you know, we investigated Shamani a bit, uh, though Brad will say that in a much more creepy fashion during the interview, which was just hilarious. Uh, I can't remember that, but you'll have, uh, to, you'll have to remind me of it afterwards. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. You have to listen. It was okay. just, it was just funny. And you're like, oh, I don't mean it to be creepy. And she didn't think so, but I did. But anyways. I, I, you know, all, all jokes aside, um, when we then saw that that Shamani and others, turns out others who are science communicators are like her, were, were running an actual play podcast of their own, RP Geeks, get it, RPG, RP Geeks, um, uh, and that they tried to infuse actual science communication into it. Well, I mean, you know, mind blown. And so I remember saying to you, Red, okay, we have to get this person on. It, yeah. it, it gets more interesting too. And, and we'll just we'll just share this in brief, everybody, because because we'll get into it in the in the in the conversation. But uh, our guest also uh, essentially runs multimedia production for a major scientific journal. And so between her vocation and her avocation, crossing the lines of of working daily with scientists, of playing, it turns out, a lot of RPGs, and of being truly creative, right? Uh, Writing for production, writing for theater, writing some short stories being but we never even had a chance to follow up on the comics issue right things like things like just just she just 
like every question we asked, there was another layer and we only went in a few directions. But I think, I hope you will all enjoy it as much as we did. Um, our first chance to speak with someone truly working at the intersection of science and RPGs and trying to leverage one to communicate the other. Um, anything we need to add to that before we jump in? No, I think, you know, we, we were very cognizant of Shamani's time, but we could have kept talking just because of her background and, and science, her studies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then her work in multimedia and then, oh. and then her gaming. Um, and, and we didn't go too deep into it, I will say, but it was fascinating. She was not an, an early gamer. She, she'll admit gaming right. came to her later. Which was and a she, surprise to us both. And she said she wished it would have it would have you know been sooner in her earlier in her life. But yeah, yeah. So just bear in mind that we're not the only ones that um for her younger than us, but for mm -hmm. us coming back to gaming, you know, not as mm -hmm. a, a child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, that's a reoccurring theme, especially post-COVID. Yes. yes. So uh definitely before we jump into this this interview here, everyone, uh, we want to strongly encourage you to check out her links in the show notes. Uh, Shamani has produced just the coolest brief science videos. It's all out there on YouTube. We're going to link to some of it. It's very easy to follow her across platforms. Please do. We, we discovered as you will too. She's a lovely individual and the, the ability she has to communicate scientific concepts and findings yes. uh, is just so, so cool. I mean, she's, she's literally producing the things that like Brad and I want to see to bring us closer to the real world and understanding of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're talking about giants and dwarfs. So enjoy, enjoy the interview. We'll see you on the other side. Shamani Bundell is a science documentary filmmaker and currently a senior multimedia editor at a major scientific journal. Basically, she makes cool films about science. Before that, she spent several years working on science TV shows. In her spare time, Shamani plays TTRPGs like Dungeons and Dragons, dresses up a lot, and occasionally writes for the stage. All right, welcome everybody. We are thrilled to be here with Shamani, who has done all kinds of fascinating things in RPG land, in 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 publishing, in theater. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is I think this is going to be some fascinating chats. Well, we we appreciate it and we hope so. It's it's lovely of you to take the time especially after a busy work day. Like we were talking before we started recording and you've just released more videos these super cool science things you want to tell us about that there's so that's that's the day job and it is um i'm i'm very lucky actually what i get to do so um i did science undergrad i, I did zoology in particular um and always enjoyed making short films which was usually very silly short films with my friends like you know when we were little i wrote a murder mystery once and i made all my friends play the different characters and then i sort of Cool. filmed it in order before we before I even had access to editing and things like that right. um and somehow those two things have merged together uh, into a proper job where I get to find out about cool science that's being published um before it before it comes out and I make short documentary films about it right because your your day job is with a science journal right and and it's a significant enough one that it's one of these journals where they will embargo a lot of what's going on until the release date and so you you get to work with these or at least interact with these scientists you you learn this stuff before almost I any of us do sneak huh? peek yeah Seriously. even before the press release uh goes oh, wow. out yeah. because so usually in in science journalism you'd, you'd get the press release and you'd um, have a few days to sort of do your research, write up an article, sort of talk mm -hmm. to the sort of various sources. Mm -hmm. um, video, you know, 
is uh, can be quite an involved and yeah. slow process. Um, so we basically ask the editors if we can get going on it early, mm-hmm. uh, give ourselves a good few weeks to do things like filmed interviews, to gather together footage, uh, you know, write a script uh, and edit a film, and then that's usually ready to to come out when the when the paper is published. In just a few weeks. Um, like a couple of months, maybe. Okay, okay, that seems more sane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> recently, it's been a bit last minute, but that's because you know, like with all jobs, you have these deadlines, and then somehow the week before, you're like, oh, I haven't, I haven't done it yet. How, wow. how have I got myself uh, into this situation? <laughs> Why have I done so, this? Damn. So I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I have to, I have to assume, maybe incorrectly, that the answer is generally positive, but. Do most of the most of the scientists, most of the authors you'll end up interviewing, working with, whatever, do when you when you contact them and you're like, hey, want to do this thing, do they generally respond positively, enthusiastically? What's that like? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. This is this is particularly nice because so I worked in TV yeah. um, before I got this job. Um, and people are usually pretty keen for their work to be publicized, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're usually pretty happy. Um, and, you know, I've worked at the BBC, which is an mm-hmm. excellent name to call up someone and say, hi, I'm calling yes. from the BBC. We're interested in your work. People are you know, mm-hmm. usually pretty happy about that. But even more so, working for the journal in which they're publishing their research, um, they're always very happy to, um, to give their time, whether that's for sort of pre-interviews, for being filmed, for sometimes going out and filming extra stuff for me. So we do not we do not have a big budget, sadly, to go off around the world and, and film exciting things happening in different labs or field work. So I will say to people, you know, have you have you filmed your experiment or your field work or you know the thing that you've yeah. just invented? And quite a lot they'll be like, oh no, not really, didn't really think of that. <laughs> we just well, yeah. wrote a paper on it. Yeah. So then sometimes if it still sort of exists and they haven't mm-hmm. they haven't got footage of it as part of their work, I will say, right, take your camera because everyone's got a smartphone these days. They've mm-hmm. got great filming capabilities hold it horizontally hold it very still and you know film different kind of shots for you know count to 10 each time so we have a nice long shot and they will yeah it's it's really it's really great wow i just as an aside i have to i have to admit i love the bbc uh that has been my landing page on my browser for at least a couple decades like that is still every morning the first place i go for news that's that's um, that, where I usually go for news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone has their biases, but they seem to handle it better than just about anything. And it's a reassuring voice when you travel. So um, science films aren't the only kind of filmmaking you've done. Uh, or I, I don't even know what the word is. The, the visual creative arts, right? Because you've also got, you know, your fingers or toes in theater. Yes. So, so community theater, basically. Yeah. And, and it, like I said, you know, I, I've managed to combine the sort of video making love and the science um, into, into my sort of career. Yeah. Um, I've always had these sort of creative interests in art and music and writing and performing um, and uh, yeah, amateur dramatics has basically been a great outlet for that. Mm-hmm. Um, starting off being in musicals at school um, and then writing pantos, musicals, plays, directing, being in them. Um, I, I, I really enjoy all that. Yeah, I've not only once, but I've been to like theater, theater in London before. And, you know, Ooh. it's it's amazing. Right. We saw um, what do you see? Les Mis. And it oh, was, yeah. um, I mean, yes. my God. Um, uh, but but what's community theater like in London? Is it vibrant? Yeah. yeah, so there's all sorts. I mean, yeah, living in London is 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 nice because um, you have a lot of options within within public transport sort of right. travel distance. Um, so there are a lot of groups in London and actually a lot of them are very, very pro, like beyond my level of of like skills, because London is also, of course, full of, you know, trained actors and performers, some of whom might have left the industry, but still want to keep it going on the side, some of whom might Mm -hmm. be between jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, So you've got absolutely uh, incredible people performing in these things. Um, And you've also got groups that are super you know, on the other end of it, super welcoming, try and cast everyone they can, um, you know, really get that sort of community feel and a, and a really diverse range of people and skills. 
um, and get everyone involved. So there's there's sort of something for everyone somewhere or other. Yeah, it's, that, that's incredible. Such a cool town too. Okay, so in addition to all of this, and th- what actually brought you to our attention is <laughs> you're involved in even geekier stuff, yes. right? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that was happy or evil or both, but I like it. <laughs> exactly. The geekiest of all the hobbies. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, possibly, which is really cool. So, I mean, you're heavily involved in RPGs and and podcast. Well, yeah, well, I call it podcasting, but you guys do video. I'd call it streaming, yeah. Streaming, yeah, that's because yeah. pr- yeah. you're younger yeah. and more hip, yeah. So, <laughs> streaming. So, so yeah. tell us about, because it's RPG geeks, uh, it's RP Geeks. There was so much RP Geeks oh. about this name. We've kept doing that wrong the name. For RP Geeks, but the R- mm-hmm. but the G of the Geeks is also the G of the RPG. Right. But then, how do you say it? We say RP Geeks. So. Okay, so RP Geeks. I like that even more. So, so what? Tell us about that because listeners may or may not be overly familiar with that. If so, if they're not, what is it? How did it come about? Okay, so. First off, I got very obsessed with tabletop role-playing games. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is amazing. Where has this been all my life? And started playing somewhat obsessively. Mm-hmm. Uh, second off, I started running it at my previously mentioned workplace with lots of nice. science nerds. Nice. And one of them, yeah. Ali Jennings, said, this is really cool. We should, we should do more of this. I want to do this more yeah. forever. Let's get SciCom people doing it. So SciCom being science communication Nice. Um, and so we got a couple more SciCom people, mm-hmm. um, all, all actually sort of film, like science filmmakers, sort of yeah. actually, coincidentally. And we said, let's do a D&D campaign because, you know, we, we want to do a, We want to play a game, or right. tell a story. Um, but let's try and get the science in there so that we're kind of using it to chat about science, talk yeah. about the fun things that that we know of or discover new fun things. So RP Geeks um, is the name for our, our sort of group and our channel um, where we stream and podcast mm-hmm. a, a campaign and one-offs, which always have some, some sort of scientific element in them. Okay. Give, give us an example. So the main, our main gist of our main campaign is we have a sci-fi reskinned D&D game Everything is Dungeons and Dragons 5e. So you've got, theoretically, you've got the builds of dwarves and elves and, um, you know, magic missiles and whatever spells you have. But everything is reskinned to to have some sort of sci-fi explanation. And then what we do is we take one sort of thing at a time, one topic, so that might be a species or a spell or an ability. And we say, how would this work if you had to genuinely explain it using plausible science? So, you know, like super, you know, my um, drow character has superior night vision, right? What kind of animals in the natural world right now ha- right. have these kind of abilities oh, that could be genetically sort of programmed into humans in the distant future? So right. it's still science fiction, but we're trying to base it in real science. We, yeah, so we set ourselves this challenge that everything we do, we have to, we have to at some point be able to explain. I mean, I'm just, I, I realize it's a stream, but I keep thinking, just take my money. I mean, you are so speaking our <laughs> language. That is so fascinating. So how much, how, you know, we, we've talked with, with, um, you know, a, a lot of creators in the past year, and we always like to know what's the creative process. What you're describing sounds to me like it has to take serious preparation. So being very immersed in science um, and the sort of latest science in a wide range of fields is really useful Mm -hmm. because for example when I was thinking I need to come up with a character for this campaign I had some ideas of cool things that I wanted to use so slime molds do you know about slime molds they're so cool they're they're like little single-celled organisms and sometimes they come together and form like one big thing where they're all sort of a supercellular structure but they can also separate out and and they, they have lots of sort of cool quirks and things they can do so I, I you know I already I already knew roughly so I went away and did a bit of research and I sort of figured out how I could make that work for my character 
I suspect, as with all TTRPGs, or with a lot of TTRPGs, certainly with D&D, that most of the prep comes down to the to the dungeon master, um, who obviously has to yeah. explain yeah. a lot more and, and craft the whole world and the story and incorporate all the sort of huge scientific elements in there. So <laughs> I, I, I'm getting away lightly, you know, I can't, can't complain about the prep time. So with with you doing with you because you kind of alluded to it, you said I was a little late getting into it. How did you end up getting into gaming? Was it introduced through a colleague or a friend or yeah. you know a, a theater friend actually? And I I just really can't believe it 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 took me until I don't know, however however old, old I was above thirty to discover. <gasps> sorry just kidding keep going to discover this because it's it's such a perfect combo of all my interests in writing and performing and you know improv um it's it's so good we we did a we did a panto you guys don't have pantomime are you familiar with oh yeah (laughs) Uh, but i don't i don't know how popular it is here these days yeah. we have it we have it here in, in the town yeah. here yeah. Do you? Yeah. Okay. yeah so chris you do a christmas show it's like a fairy tale you have to shout out to the audience and then all the kids oh. in the audience have to shout like it's behind you or whatever it is at the appropriate point it's like a whole there's a long tradition um we were doing a panto and at the after show party the pub was closing um, we were not ready to stop partying and the pantomime prince, the performer uh, playing the prince said, come back to my house and play D&D. Um, so we said, yes, <laughs> we were, we were hyped up. We were still yeah. drunk. There it is. Look, look, a lot of good science has been done in and around pubs. So, I mean, no judgment. And, and in and around alcohol too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Did you, so obviously this, you attracted to this, but I know that um, out on your site too, you actually, I know you do this with your one-offs and everything like that and stream and everything like that, but you also, you know, play the part and actually dress into the role at times. I don't want to use the term cosplay. But well, I don't you know guys you get it into it. it but, I have yeah. started using the term cosplay. I felt okay. that I was too old to use the term cosplay. Um, to be honest, <laughs> like, no, yeah, I know no. you guys are very disbelieving there and um, pulling faces at me, but um, I have always been really into sort of dressing up. And then I had a, a friend who was who was younger than me and was into cosplay. And I was like, oh, well, that's for the that's for the youth. And, and then the pandemic actually happened. Yeah. yeah. And I was just spending all day in my pajamas you know no one no one sees you below your chest like Mm -hmm. oh I had no I had no joy of dressing up so I started um I started going on TikTok actually just to be really down with the kids you know wow (laughs) yeah yeah I know, right? Yeah. Um, we just we just found out about this TikTok thing and actually started watching it thing, a little. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I found that there's a whole community of people on TikTok who dress up as their D and D characters and just act out little scenes and lip sync songs just thematically around a character, and it's that's not even a famous character to cosplay. It's just their D and D character. Yeah. And and I love that, so I started doing that a little bit and. Now I just take every opportunity to dress up. So yes, every, almost every game, I will kind of design a character based on kind of what accessories and things I have so that I can like dress up and like feel like I'm embodying my character fully. Do you go shopping beforehand or do you hit like the store? Okay, I'm sorry. You know, everyone, you know, everyone, there's, there's nothing wrong. I have musical equipment that I'm a little obsessed yeah. with. We all have yeah. our weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's definitely my weakness right now. No, that's okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's you know, hilarious. You know, I, I, Jason, Jason jokes with me when we're on with creatives that I tend to buy the book if they're if they do a book like while publish. we're in the middle of the interview yeah, you'll hear so. you'll hear like right. the click, no click, no click, click, not click. a joke right yeah. like like it's it took amazing. it took almost 40 ep- more than 40 episodes before like i didn't have to say to brad okay you you you, you have to stop typing we can hear you ordering yeah right um, so i i get it i can i can relate you know mine's hilarious. probably even a little a little more uh uh yeah. dangerous to the pocketbook too yeah, so yeah, yeah my well, my weakness my weakness is books i you can't see it but like i got in my office at home i've got this wonderful wall of built-ins that were here when we moved and somehow it's full 
uh, almost. I actually, Brad doesn't know. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know, not too many months away. I think by fall, I might have to actually start buying bookshelves for my room. I've got, I've got two books on order right now. I thought you were going to say, I might oh. have to start getting rid of some of my books, but no, you said I might have to start oh. buying. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, wait, <laughs> if I don't read it, if I don't read it, uh, which is mm-hmm. rare, but it's happened lately again, I will go mm-hmm. to, we've got, um, in the States, we've got half price books and they're still a private company and um, and they sell used with a little bit of new and they'll buy back pretty much everything. So you get a, a few dollars worth, oh. uh, but, but, you, but then you know they either sell it or they donate it. So you're ah, not tossing books. So much. I'll still do that, but no, my, like my books are my, like my record. Right. I fully mm-hmm. intend this to be my my girl's problem when I die. I just can't imagine. Get, I mean, that's cra- that's cruel, but um, I just can't imagine getting rid of, you know, all of these friends. Yeah. yeah. There are other people that would love us to do it. AKA. Yes. They're called our wives. Yeah. 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 Um, but but and, and that's, that's understandable. Yeah. That's so, one area where I resist. Just but. to completely circle around to the beginning, uh, Shamini, I you have a bachelor's a degree in zoology. Yes, natural right, sciences. Technology. Natural sciences, yeah. But you yeah. went into science communication. Yeah, which was another sort of coincidence in my life. Another thing where I think, thank goodness, I sort of discovered that possibility yeah. because when I was, so since I was sort of 13, I thought, ah, science, I like science. Therefore, I shall be a scientist because right. that is how things work. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum was an academic. So I was like, right, what one mm-hmm. does is mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm does a PhD, one becomes a lecturer, one becomes a professor, and right. it's a really clear path. It's something, mm-hmm. you know, you're all very familiar with, because even from undergrad, you're in an academic environment. It's kind mm-hmm. of what you know. Um, and it, it's the it's the jobs that you kind of see in the, the world you, you're familiar with. And then I was looking for masters in, in sort of evolution and behavior type things. And yeah. I happened to see this masters in science communication slash science media production. And for me, what that was, was a way of sort of almost learning about these other jobs and learning about this other field through an academic lens. Right. So I went to Imperial College London and I did an academic master's course that then opened the door Mm -hmm. to actually not staying in academia, um, which I'm also quite grateful (laughs) that I didn't do. I mean, you you have like like the ultimate alt ac career i i mean i mean i don't know if they call it that in the uk yeah. i think I, they i've do, not but... heard that before but i, I <laughs> yeah it's it they use that in the states yeah. a lot but i i also i see that coming out of the the british journals and associations too right mm. that alternative to academia yeah. but but i mean what you're doing because you you're there and you're beyond it um, yeah that's just really the communication piece intrigues me because i've i like you know I mean, Brad, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm always asking like, okay, so what, what could I go back and study next, right? Well, out mm-hmm. of curiosity. And I think in this day and age, like the stuff you're doing is especially important when there's so much misinformation and disinformation the world over, journalism and communication that is aware of science, that is grounded in science. We have the people who have a, a, a foot in both camps. That's just invaluable. Yeah, it's it's really important. And, you know, everyone who, um, you know, works in, in my office, you know, has a science background and is then right. taking that and using that um, to, to mm-hmm. sort of combine it with whether that's writing skills, video editing skills, podcast mm-hmm. skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's really important. And um, I, I, <laughs> I want more people to sort of be aware of it. I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a somewhat limited field and... Um, uh, it's it is still hard to find jobs in. I don't know how it compares to yeah. academia, yeah. which is also yeah. obviously a little bit of an issue there of people yeah. sort of getting to a certain level and then mm-hmm. the jobs not being there. Um, but it is a very it's a very competitive field. But it is mm-hmm. there's there's a lot broader. It's, there's so many options. You know, if you kind of expand outwards, um, things that sort of other people that who did the course I did. Uh, things like working in museums, um, working right, in sort of right. press offices, yeah. working for sort of big institutes, sort of spreading the word about what they did, but all in this sort of like STEM area. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, 
I just as a related aside that my my impression is that the the British tenure system is even more difficult than the American tenure system in how it's structured over there. It's there are more there are more steps. The the expectations are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. When you know, so obviously you have your foot in, you know. I, I use hopefully this is not an insulting term, but like multimedia production. You know, oh yeah, I've, that's my job title. I'm yeah. A mm-hmm. editor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then mm-hmm. obviously you have these other activities. How do you manage your time to keep up? <laughs> I don't. Oh no, that's my secret. I am. No, I am actually very organized. So. I, yeah, the, my advantage is that I'm very organized and it's all there in my calendar and I, I book it out well in advance. The mm-hmm. downside is that I, I book in everything and I don't really leave myself quite enough free time to mm-hmm. just sort of chill and relax. So I, I pack it in and I really enjoy being busy. Yeah. Um, I, maybe, maybe too busy. Um, but how do you not lose the joy in the role playing and all of that stuff? If, I mean, because it sounds like that's kind of crossing that line. How, how, where's the balance for that so that you still enjoy that? I am I am starting to get paid for it now, actually. I'm doing sort of, you know, professional streams as well, yeah. um, which I suppose in a way, yes, is, oh, is this a job now? Is this, right. is this work? Is this still right. fun? Um, but I am very lucky in that I have a very secure, well-paying day job. So mm-hmm. this this mm-hmm. extra stuff, I'm not reliant on it and that's a very you know very lucky situation to be in i can i can pick and choose and there's no point doing it if i'm that's, not enjoying it's cosplay it. money right <laughs> it's like cosplay money that's how i justify it that's, <laughs> that's how i justified buying foam demon horns the other day i was like well wow. this is for a paid stream so yeah, it, it's worth yeah, paying yeah. It. Yeah. It's yeah. work expense, yeah. Right. I try. I try that with the books. It's 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 professional research for the podcast. Jason yes. laughs at me, and it doesn't do. work. <laughs> yeah. So, no. No. When when the pandemic came, how did that affect the day job? And even you know, you kind of alluded to the fact you know, obviously with with Zoom and with other communication apps, yeah. you know, you only see a certain amount. But but yeah. how did it affect all of that for you? Um, for work. So I think the pandemic on a whole, like there was, first off, there was the sudden plunge into social isolation, which was really tough and was quite specific to those sort of lockdown situations. But sort of somewhat separate from that, there's the fact that I'm now majority working from home. Mm. Um, and once the social side of it kind of came back, so you didn't have the <laughs> crushing loneliness um, and not being able to leave yeah. the house side of it, um, yeah. working from home is is actually great. Um, I, I have a sort of little setup here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the sound quality is not too bad with, mm-hmm. with the right kit. Um, or my, I ha, you know, I have an editing computer. Um, so I, yeah, the, the switch to working from home has actually been very easy and has a lot of benefits. Like it's still mm-hmm. nice to go in and see my colleagues. That's the main thing I want to go in for. I want the social, social side of it, but I don't need to be in my office to actually do work. With your, with your interviewing, working with the scientists mm-hmm. and the filmmaking, and all that were before the pandemic, were you going out and about or was was this largely really interesting actually because so like I said we're a small team we have a limited budget yeah most of the scientists who we talk to are not in the UK Um, a lot of them are in America and a lot of them in in Europe absolutely Mm. so um, generally we might have the budget for a few trips a year yeah Um, but you know it would it has to be something sort of worth it especially going going to the states is is pretty expensive it would have to be something like really really valuable or Mm -hmm. maybe you could do two in one go but that's only if the publication schedules work Mm -hmm. out right because we we publish when the papers come out and we don't Mm -hmm. have that much Mm -hmm. control over that so before what we would do is we would say right either we will um pay out for a trip sometimes we will say not very often we would say do you in your big university institute have a press team who could mm-hmm. film it for us or mm-hmm. we could hire a freelancer out there yeah or and this sort of ended up happening the majority of the times we would say 
send us a bunch of footage. I'll put a voiceover on it and it will just be a, what we would call a found footage film, right? Yeah, you're seeing yeah. the pictures, you're hearing my voice saying, here is the science that they are doing <laughs> <laughs> like that. Then pandemic happened and suddenly yeah. Zoom interviews are everywhere, you know, yep. all over the news. No mm-hmm. one's ever in person at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the entire sort of perception of what a video call looks like changed everyone is used to seeing it yes. we now absolutely regularly do video calls for our film mm-hmm. and people don't think oh why am i watching such that's right low quality you know mm-hmm. <laughs> terrible footage that clearly hasn't you know been filmed with a nice camera in person with multiple angles people are like oh well okay that's if you either see the video call footage or you don't get to speak to this person mm-hmm. so it's it's been great because now almost all my films have an mm. interview with the scientist in, um, yeah, that's cool. which I that really cool. enjoy. Yeah. And think of how much money everyone is saving on pants. You just gave both, both Shamani and I a visual potentially that. You've got to remember that I have to translate pants in my head into trousers. Oh, I it, oh. trousers. I am sorry. I am sorry. So you know, I have, I have a yeah. I have another visual briefly in yeah. my head for yeah. Oh, I yeah. Fair, fair enough. I'll I'll have to remember when I when I go out later to put everything in the boot of my car. So okay. So <laughs> let's say that someday this pandemic simmers down to an endemic, and whatever the new normal is. Uh, beyond what it is right now, like with all this uh, manifests, um, what do you think is going to happen to the industry when it comes to the interviews you're doing, the filmmaking you're doing, going to stay, going to shift again? Where do you see it going? I think I think the, the world has changed. Um, and I, I, I think this change to remote, remote is fine. I think that will stay. Mm-hmm. Um, we, for all my sort of home D&D games, just in terms of like hanging out in person, we do almost all of them over Zoom. And I think yeah. Zoom for TTRPGs um, mm-hmm. or whatever your sort of video call mm-hmm. platform is, mm-hmm. is absolutely fine. Um, and that stayed. And I think that will stay because of the convenience of not having to travel, you know, yeah. put it five minutes across London to someone's house and then get back again and then get up for work the next day, you know, on a weekday evening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, similarly <clears throat> with, um, with film and, and documentary, I think it is always nicer if you have the budget to be able to go somewhere mm-hmm. and film something nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, but people's, people's eyes have changed. You know, mm-hmm. it, it looks different now. It no mm-hmm. longer looks as bad as it did. Well, like you said, though, earlier, even with our phones now, um, yeah. the, the technology to take respectable video, yes. it's totally different. Yes, that's actually, I've been sort of discussing recently how to enable people to use their phones um, to take good video. Um, And I think the answer, (laughs) the answer might be to send them kit um, because you really need a little, you need some sort of little tripod or stand or sort of one of these ring light stands. Um, People don't, uh, a lot of people don't have those. And Mm -hmm. actually you could massively, I, I could massively improve the, quality of my next video by um sending them something so that's something i'm definitely considering how did how did gaming for you obviously your first experience was at someone's house and you're obviously doing live streams and and remote gaming um you know did you do you feel a shift there do you prefer do you still do any in-person gaming or you know how do you feel about the remote i love the remote I really, I really like the remote, not for other forms of socializing, not for like right. a group chat where you're just hanging yeah, out. Yeah. That's awful. And mm-hmm. I can't, I cannot, mm-hmm. but for gaming, it is so convenient. It's, it's great being in person. Probably it is better in person, but mm-hmm. is it better enough for an hour and a half's worth of extra travel? Mm, don't know. Um, when we, when I first used to play, we would be sprawled out on the grass drinking, um, getting interactive with it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was great. I would love to do that again. Um, and now, uh, especially with the streaming, it's all very formal. And now I'm like, this is a performance. Eh? I am an actor. I must, I must deliver the best performance. And, and I sort of think about it all very differently. Um, you could still but, drink though, while you're doing it. Right. You know, just in the privacy, lot, this is I not alcohol, but you know, I, but we used to, we used to really, 
we used to really be be drinking and merry while while playing and now i do, like just for me i take it more seriously now i'm like no but i want to i want to be on it enough generally to know what i'm doing with my character and and to make sure i'm sort of like hitting story beats that i as a player want to hear i've gotten i've gotten nerdy with it haven't i i've <laughs> I've, done, I've gone too far but that's different kinds of games and I, uh, I like them all but i'm sort of pushing towards that direction Preaching to the converted, you know, we oh, don't yeah. necessarily yeah. do the live stuff, but, nope. but you know, between this and the gaming that we do when we have time, we, we get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Just one, one thing for me, cause I found it interesting. We haven't really, we touched on it maybe a little bit. You also write. So you've written short stories. You actually have written articles <laughs> for, Oh, for, for sign. No, they're, you know, that was a know, long time ago. Well, it's okay, but you <laughs> but you've still done it. I mean, that's just one more. You know, I write sh- I write shows now. Is is most recently? Mm-hmm. Um, I used to I used to devour books, actually fiction, um, a yeah, lot of yeah. uh, YA fiction as a kid and as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. And I and I definitely thought I would write a book. And I haven't. It seems like too much work now. I've gotten lazier as I've gotten older. But what I do write is is shows. I'm working on a musical at the moment, an original musical. Oh. Um, I've been working on it since the beginning of the pandemic, so don't expect anything too too imminently. But you know, it's it's, it's happening slowly. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy writing things that people will see and that will be there on a stage, and the actors will bring to life, um, and the audiences will come and enjoy. That's really cool. Well, and presumably, I mean, everything you're doing must involve writing. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I, the Writing the film scripts is one of my favorite okay. bits of writing yeah. film. It's just like finding the right words to make this sound amazing and to, mm-hmm. to convey it concisely and to tell you mm-hmm. the right information in the right order. I love writing the, the, the intros to films, right? That opening yeah. sequence before the title That's comes cool. in where you just, you just like, you tease and you explain and you sort of, draw people into the to the whole story of the film and mm-hmm. make them keep watching mm-hmm. mm. oh. so cool look we want to be respectful of your time because we know it's much later by you than it is by us we're just getting geared up here during the day thank you so very much for taking a little time with us it's been lovely to follow you online but it's even lovelier to meet you and to chat with you and to hear about how do you just function in all these different seemingly related worlds do too much stuff <laughs> No, it's it's, fascinating. it's fascinating <laughs> to see how you, like Jason said, you can exist in so many different areas um, and it. still have joy in doing it. You can just tell. You know, I feel a- so lucky. I have so many great, great things in my life and to be able to go out and do all of the things I enjoy and pursue them. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm having a great time. I just got, I forgot to mention this off camera and off audio. I received the, the package you sent um, or it's the envelope. Article. Yeah. The yes, envelope. Good. So, and I bring that up here is because um, Jason knows this. I'm a, I'm a, I like to bird. I like to follow birds and, and all that. It's, birding is a kind of a hobby. Well, the bird is the word. The bird is the word. Yes. Yes. Um, the bird is the word. Now, so, you, now all you can see in your head is Peter, isn't yeah, it? He's doing the dance with the uh-huh. arms up and down. Oh yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. That'll be a that'll be a link in Twitter when this goes <laughs> out. So <laughs> that might be that might be the teaser um after the real teaser so that it isn't insulting to you gotta remind me of that. That's so, a great idea. Yeah. Um but he sent me a scientific American. And it because there's a it since high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I had it at one point and then, um, I stopped magazines just because I wasn't able to keep up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you've sent me a couple of them related to birding and related to quantum computing, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. in the past. And I actually yeah. kept the articles on my shelf. Nice. I bring it up is because even though we talk a lot about gaming on here mm-hmm. in our own areas and areas where we even intersect, um, science is very important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why you're grinning, but I, I'll, I'll tell you off air. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> is it my hand gestures or what is no, it? No, 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 no. It's unrelated. Continue. Okay. okay. Speak of science, my friend. Speak of science. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Um, now you've all, I'm all disconcerted because you have that Kaufman <laughs> grin on your face yeah. and it's so. as well. You should. Be. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, you can't smell me. <laughs> no, um, that's why we use Zoom. 
Okay, and moving on. Sad so, that for, the audience had to be with us. For yeah, that. that's there. That's that, just a tiny little snippet of the conversation we yes. normally have when we're off audio. Yes. Um, poor wives. So yeah. I bring this up because I will read these articles and I'm fascinated. There is, mm-hmm. you know, obviously science is very important to me. Science mm-hmm. is very important to you. Mm-hmm. So when we, when you saw someone and when you mentioned someone like Shamani to us, where mm-hmm. she is, she is the intersection of science and gaming. Um, you know, the interview did not disappoint in that oh, way. No, well, none of Jeez, it. Did. No. And, and Shamani, we could have, we could have had you on the show much longer. We just wanted to yeah. be very cognizant of your time. And so mm-hmm. that you could actually breathe and enjoy the evening a little. Mm-hmm. Um, but her material and her work in the science arena, so which cool. you could find so out online. Yep. Um, as well as her gaming material, go out on Twitter. She talks about gaming. She, she does, you'll hear her talk about the whole, you know, idea of, she doesn't call, she hasn't called it cosplay. It kind of is cosplay, but definitely cosplay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we get into it. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's, I was very grateful to hear that. Cause again, much like I've said in previous episodes, this one was just as inspiring because mm-hmm. it reminded me that um, it reminded me of something that should be inherently known to all of us, but isn't. And that is science and recreation, science and gaming. Yeah. And science and anything. Yep. And I, I'll go out on a limb here for me because of my background, science and faith, science and politics, science mm-hmm. and all that. They should mm-hmm. all coexist and be mm-hmm. complementary. Mm-hmm. So, and that's beyond what we talked about with Shamani, but I hope yeah. that people understand hearing her, how she can have a, 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 you know, a career in science. Yep. And you talk about this with, with um, you talked about this beforehand, but just it, yeah, yeah. to me, it's still, it's still yeah. inspiring to me. I, I you know, it's, a, it's a good segue, Brad, to the GM corner. Um, and I, I, I realize this might be a bit of a loose associational kind of a matrix here, but um, as of this episode dropping, the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series has released its early episodes. Now, I don't think we should say much of anything specific just because it is at least possible that there are people who are going to watch it and have not yet seen any of it. They may, I know in some cases I have with some series, I wait till the episodes are out and then I binge. Right. Um, Right. So we want to be, we want to be respectful of that, but I I will say um, I'll, I'll just make this science connection to that show. Now we can say what we want about is Star Wars science fiction? Is it science fantasy? Is it whatever? But uh, one of the draws for me to sci-fi period is that uh, the science, right? Often, often is on a par or even greater than the fiction. Okay, we can argue that about Star Wars, and I, you know, no, no, no way. You know, I as as the person who like seriously has spent major time as a, as a kid wondering how does hyperdrive work. And what, what, you know, what's the programming of a protocol droid? Like, I realize that might not be totally representative of the typical Star Wars fan. However, um, let me just make this connection. Uh, and I don't think this is much of a giveaway. Let's, let's take psychological science for a moment and apply it to Obi-Wan Kenobi without anything but maybe the soft, soft spoiler. The season begins, this is, this is my interpretation, my perception. The season begins with us seeing, for the first time in a long time, Obi-Wan Kenobi or Ben, a broken individual. Yeah. It's been 10 years since uh, episode three. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a time, of course, it's, it's, it's an especially fertile time of canon for a lot of what goes on in Star Wars. And it's um the, the show so far is not at all what I expected. It has its own pace, its own look. You know me, I love anything outer rim. Uh, but we we encounter a broken individual, uh, which raises to me a lot of scientific, a lot of psychological questions of how can a Jedi be broken? What has transpired? Um, I'm not going to get into any of that because we don't know yet. We haven't seen. Well, I think we've already we've already yeah we've we've pushed the border. But I think yep. anyone could understand that yeah. just based off of the visuals and the teasers yeah. and all that. First Obi- minutes of the first episode. That's all we're saying. Yeah, yeah. Obi Obi One isn't obviously someone at the top of their game right now, which um, sticks out to me because the last time we saw him 
canon chronology, he not only had the high ground, yep. he was literally at the top of his game. Yeah, you know, and, like, he, yeah. and he took, he delivered Luke to, to Baru, mm-hmm. Lars, at the end of mm-hmm. episode three. Luke. Yeah, and then Owen was, she walked up with Owen to the spot where Luke ended on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Great handoff, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. so it was, um, you know, it the visual, and it even reoccurs in at yeah. the end of episode nine with Ray. Yep. But. I, yeah. I just want to pull it back for one second because yeah. to your point, because I want to get into the psychological, because you and I have talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, one, we heard Charmini talk about the intersection of science and gaming. Their games are the games that she plays with, with some of her, her are science games, infused, are science infused, which I to know, me, that was so cool. I, I, that's one area I really would have, I almost want to like, copyright and fringe on your material because i want to know i think we both want to know how you do that that would i think it would be fascinating way yeah of yeah role play it, it it inspires me i know last week i mentioned i had been dabbling in our defunct facebook game with our good friend brian and now as you bring this up my friend i'm thinking maybe maybe this evening i will go in there reset it can all use the same characters, reset it. And given that it's you and Brian and me, and we we geek out like this off camera, if you will, while we're playing anyways, maybe I'll try my hand at science and tech infusing our little Star Wars adventure, really slim it down. Yeah. Really make it narrative based and... um Okay, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud here. Don't, no, don't no, be surprised I, if you get an, a text this tonight saying, "Hey, get on Facebook." And that's okay because when she was talking about this idea of science infused role playing, and let's go back to what you said before, sci-fi. Okay, science, sci-fi fiction, right? Fictional science, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. What? Where? Did, yep. What was the movie? Was um. What was the movie where they were talking about Asimov and it's science fiction that becomes science fact? Was that Contact? Were there? Um, I, I'm trying were to. a think lot of, of the, what, what Asimov. That's my you know, favorite movie. Yeah, uh, I cannot remember. But, I'll have I mean, to find found, the quote. There was Foundation, but but that was no. This was know, one where yeah, they were having some argument talking about. Well, this is science fiction, and it was science fiction which became science fact. Mm-hmm. Point being is is that um, science fiction can sometimes drive science fact what and and, so. and it might not appear that way i i think of arthur c clark of um of how what do you say any and i actually i think about this a lot with star wars i have for a long time now any in any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic i mean how how closely does that fit what shamani was telling us uh, yeah. about infusing right but but that's what you're talking about too i'm just flipping it to the other lens of right science fiction often becomes science fact fact you, I, look look at what you hear from interviews with nasa and astronauts and especially nasa scientists and engineers like like okay i, I know it's going to wake her up in my office so i apologize if well let me see if i can whisper it so like um, Bezos and others at Amazon have said, look, when you use, echo. you know, when you, when you call up yeah, an echo um, and an Alexa. Oh, good. She didn't talk to me. I can't when do you, it because I have one oh, right good. next to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. When you, so do I, but she, she was just waiting and look, I'm anthropomorphizing, I'm anthropomorphizing her. Right. Yeah. But when you use a dot of any, or an echo of any kind, uh, that whole idea came directly out of the computer verbal interface from TOS. Yeah. Right. Right. Science fiction well, often inspires science fact. Remember now with Google, um, I think you is it Google? Yes. Or yes. Yes. You could you could set it up so yes. that you could ask it to you could ask Hal, much like in two thousand one. Oh, okay. Actually, that I didn't. I thought I didn't know that. I thought you were going just I one think of it the was Google. One of the inspirations for well, Google and Alta Vista, and we're really dating ourselves now. But all of these NASA search engines of the day were being able to just say to your ship's computer, computer, tell me X, Y, and Z. Which by the but way, you, sidebar, do you remember, do you remember how using your search engine kind of 
kind of told other people what sort of searcher you were. Yahoo yes. was more, yes. you know, straight, you know, current yes, events, yes. social. Yep. We were Alta Vista, which was more science straightforward. Once in a while, I still see Hotmail email addresses. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, look, we, we can even go further old school on this thread that you just brought up of, of science fiction into science fact. In the and I'm so I want to say it's 47, but don't quote me on that. But maybe it's 48. In in the late 40s, Vannevar Bush, right, the former uh, president of MIT, eventual uh, director of the what was it the uh, the federal the uh, the federal office of science, what would become the NSF eventually, right? In the late 40s, he had an article come out in the Atlantic where through the lens of the time, he essentially predicted the functionality of a ton of the stuff that we're doing now because it was all science fiction, but he simply understood, I was gonna say believe, but he, he understood it would be a matter of brain and funding until these things became manifestly real, which is, is super it, cool. Is it at the start of contact where I'm, I'm, I cannot believe because Contact is one of my favorites too, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Asimov is in the movie at the start. It's an old film where he's acting, he's talking like a futurist and saying, you know, in the future, you're going to be able to connect to a global knowledge base. I'm going to find that and no, we're going to post that. it's not, but I, but that rings a bell. And oh, I, you know what I think it is? It's I not think contact. it might be at the beginning of Steve Jobs, the one with Michael Fassbender. Oh, that makes sense. And you've, I've yes. only seen that once. You've seen it more. Yes. Okay, so that's your I think that's what it is. I don't want to, okay. I don't want to lay stone down. But... This senior moment brought to you by Dyson Munch. <laughs> yeah. And the lack of Geritol. <laughs> um, <laughs> but going back, I want to hit because two things. One, if you're talk. not a big science geek, and I respect that some people are, are very adept in other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, Science fiction in 1985 or whatever mm-hmm. was Michael J. Fox putting on Nike shoes that didn't have laces and we go <laughs> right to your feet. Velcro was hot. Look, you know, no, uh, this wasn't even Velcro. This was just, you know, you're they, right. You're right. They just automatically went and yep. they sucked right onto your feet. Yes. Well, they came out with those shoes a couple of years ago. They didn't necessarily take off like hotcakes, but no, and you did, science they, fiction. No became, floating, no floating boards either. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. they've tried those too. That is true. There are, and not, you, you hear hoverboard and it's not the ones on the two wheels that, yeah, that yeah. I tried and, and, and the family thought I was dead, but that's, um, you tried one of those. Yeah, that was, is I was, there I was, video? I was, no, I was holding onto oh. the stairs and I stepped on it and I stepped on it incorrectly. So it took off. Oh, Brad, you don't have to say anything. Oh, wait, wait. Yes. Keep going. I think yeah. I this, and I, and if not for the story. fact that I was holding onto the railing. I'll, I'll ask my wife to tell you the story because it is an it epic like story. It looked like was in a household. hurricane, but they were inside. Yeah. Th- th- I think the running joke was even at a, I was a bigger guy then, even at a guy my size, they've never seen me move that fast. So <laughs> straight down. <laughs> pretty, yeah. Yeah. And his legs out from under him. It looked like Wiley e. Coyote. Um, uh, but that I'll number one, you. number two, um, you know, we've talked about this offline just in the context of professions and things yeah. like this. And this Obi-Wan, and again, this is another theme, yeah. that's science fiction, but yeah. there is um, science period yeah, when you absolutely. look into this, when you discuss the psychology. And I think you were, I'm t- stealing your thunder here. No, no, not A little bit all. of the psychology of mm-hmm. Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and his, his mental state, his um, perception, self-perception, all of that. You can look at this, yes. and I believe there are... And I'll leave it like this because I'm not a clinician. Um, I believe there are parallels. I could see, think about the situations you've been in where they aren't necessarily, you've killed your best friend and your your government and your whole life. I like how you said nothing. not necessarily, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, with your life and the crumb and the galaxy so crumbles around you. I'll be right back. Yeah. And you'll, and you, and you end up in the situation you're in 10 years later, which again, no spoilers, you can pretty much assume. Yes. Um you know, he opens all of us a yoga stand there. Yeah, it's all out. of us, all Super of us have popular on tattooing. Yeah, all of us have had adversarial situations that come <laughs> up before. So, you know, Obi Wan is not, I'm not going to go there. Never, no, mind. just, no. yeah, 
go ahead. Do you want sprinkles with that? Uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 we should. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I agree. And that is something that has always attracted both of us to, to canons and franchises like star Wars. I mean, one of the, well, you, I mean, like, you know, and, and, and Brian, our dear friend knows this too, that anytime I want to play star Wars, whether GMing or playing, you know, I want there to be droids. I can't, I can't help it because, and and that's so that's because of science and that's because of tech. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and that's why we all enjoy geeking out of that. Um, and that's why, and we're not alone because that's why there are books out there. Like, like the science of star Trek, um, the science of star Wars, right. Right. Things, things like that. Like I, I, I was watching Obi-Wan thinking, and I was watching the droids, some familiar, some new, thinking, okay, so there's, there's, a, there's a scene with a droid we've not seen before. I really enjoyed it, the, the, the droid in the scene. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so what level of sentience, what level of self-awareness does this droid have? What, kind of going back to um, this very interesting, provocative statement from uh, episode one uh, between Jar Jar Binks and um, Qui Gon Jinn uh, of you know I speak speak does not connote intelligence. Well, he's wrong up until the point that he's right. And so you know you look at some of these droids and it's like okay, um, is the trash can droid self aware? If it is, will it still take out my recycling? You know, I, I just, yeah, this is, we could go like this. I mean, all that's evening a, and that's debate. the, that's the, that's the, the circle though. And I think there's, mm-hmm. this would be an interesting topic just for you to, you and I to banter about as a separate episode, as much as you're hearing us now stream of conscious talk about future episodes. Um, Cause once in a while we want to give our guests a break and, and subject you all just to you and I, just to remind you coming. that there is, yeah, yeah that's that coming later pain. this summer. Yep. Yeah. Life mm-hmm. isn't always roses and guests. You have to sometimes just listen to us too. Right. Um, just, just like our lives. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which that's what I was going to remind you. So the, the, the hoverboard story. Oh yeah. I'm going to see if I can get my wife to come on this show for 30 seconds and tell the story. Unlikely. But if I can get uh, bring her. a spouse to show up here. Tell her we'll pay her spec. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, we don't, we don't pay, but she no, doesn't have to no. know that until afterwards. Oh, she doesn't. Yeah. No. But you know, point being is, is that I struggled with this up and even until I would say recently within the past couple of years, when you really yeah. got into star Wars was that star Trek was, um, to me, I, this is the wrong way to put it. Future science fact versus always Star been, Wars, which yeah. was science pure fiction. Trek has always been more intentional, more clinical almost uh, about e- even, I mean, like the original series, it's like, are you even trying? But they were. Uh, Discovery, uh, I mean, they really, really, really take liberties. But then like the, mo- the, the last, um, as of this recording, the last Ready Room with Will Whedon, I watched they've started and i'm hoping it's a regular feature i don't know if you've seen this yet they've started a science bit during the show oh boy to talk specifically with with aaron mcdonald their science consultant who is an astrophysicist about the science in the episode i have not caught up with and that. i think i told you i'm i'm behind oh, by one episode. oh i didn't realize that oh okay i'm behind well, they, by one episode okay. of so snw the, the next episode, they all die horrible deaths. But but That's, you should still watch it. It's good. Yeah, you've told me um, that before. Yeah, you told me that true. after episode two, and it turned out you were wrong. So I'm thinking you might be yeah, wrong. I don't, okay, I I lied. They all open frozen yogurt stands <laughs> on Riza. Hilarity ensues. Okay. Um, uh, just shows it, up to play baseball. And... Right. If anyone, if anyone ever asks you on Riza if you want sprinkles with that, the answer is no. No. Uh, so on that uncomfortable note, we should probably wrap it up. Uh, but uh, I think what you just said, Brad, in terms of us having a droid episode, for lack of a better term that's something you and i've been bouncing around as an idea since oh, it's on the first list. months yeah, yeah. It's, it's since the first months of this podcast and um i think that's going to circle its way back eventually listeners where we're going to get into the science and science fiction of droids and androids because it's it's look at all of the rpg games out there where where robots of one form or another 
are central to it. You, you, and like you, like you've said, and then I'm going to, I'm going to let you wrap it up, but obviously during, even during our one, our one shot, we played with star Wars with you and this one as well, there mm-hmm. is a droid component to it, Always. Yep. which is fine. It's it. not the central component, right? The one shot it kind of was, but, but yeah. it was a very unique, there was a scientific component to it. There was. So here's what yeah. I'll, I'll challenge you with okay. is, um, to keep that in the episodic reboot of, mm-hmm. of our game. Droids and Destiny. Yep. Mm-hmm. To um, introduce some non-droid science. Oh, yeah. Biological, chemical, you know, mm-hmm. zoologic. Stay tuned for tonight. Geographic, whatever yep. the case is. Stay tuned for tonight. Um, and, and don't... And, this will be this will be long past by the time Brian hears it. See what Brian's reaction is. Brian, you're going to be our uh, you're going to be Jason's test subject. Yes. So. Well, th- this time he'll just be aware of it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <Supposedly. laughs> right. All right, everybody. Thanks for putting up with us. Be well. Stay well. We will see you all next week for yet another really interesting interviewee. Bye bye.